When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Wildewit, and we are here with you today for our next round of training camp reports. Technically day three, day two for us for open practices, so maybe day two and a half, whatever you want to call it. One thing we can all agree on, though, it was the first day that the pads came on. You heard the pads popping today. It was a great sound to hear down there in Bourbon A. But yes, I'm your host, Wildewit. I'm joined by four of my Bears brothers. I think this is the most we've ever had on one show at a single time, which is pretty fitting because we were all at practice practice today and it's by far the most that we've ever had in person uh we got to meet steve and will today as well so just to introduce everybody i'm joined by my bears brother nicholas moriano right here to my right brandon hazlitz over there as well in wheatfield and we have steve and will ingles uh guys how's everyone doing just saw you a few hours ago yeah doing good it's nice to be to be dry yeah right yeah, yeah i just i just got out of the car so uh still a little stiff but uh we're ready to go ready to break down some camp yeah, just like Will just got home, so I'm ready to I'm ready to go and then take a nap. <laughs> nap time is coming right up, guys. But first, we have a podcast to do, and uh, let's just go ahead. And I know, uh, you know, Nick, Brandon, and I were there yesterday. Will, I want to go to you first. Uh, you know, you've been to camp for a few years. I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on the atmosphere and like the pace of the practice? Because even though the pads came on today, you know, the Bears came out there and were immediately doing work, either team or individual drills. Not a lot of fluff. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about the pace of camp, that definitely stood out. Uh, my buddy uh, came with me as well, and he commented on it too. He was like, gosh, it feels like they're getting so much more done this year, you know, at this practice. And I was like, you know what? I have to agree with you 100% on that one. As far as energy, despite it being, you know, another, you know, not ideal day weather-wise, I mean, everyone was still really hyped and psyched. You know, you guys kind of hit on it a lot yesterday that, uh, you know, when the good plays came, people were really excited and, and there are expectations that uh, they would do the do those kinds of plays more and more often. So when they didn't meet those expectations, fans, uh, fans followed suit and, you know, were like, ah, oh, come on. And, you know, kind of some not heckling by any means, but, you know, they're an excited fan base that wants to see their team win. And we haven't seen something like that in a long time. I think you guys hit on that perfectly yesterday so more just uh affirming what you guys well reported on yesterday what about you steve uh you know you haven't been to practice uh ever right was that ever yeah today was my first day so i can't really speak to how it's been in the past but it was definitely up tempo um the coaches were into it the players were into it and it started with the coaches you know you had harry highstand getting the offensive line hyped uh naggy was into it helford was into it. they're all into it so um like i said i have i can't speak to last year but uh it was it was pretty exciting yeah, you know, Harry, he brought so much passion. You can hear him like 40 yards down the field just barking yeah. out orders, getting his guys up, coaching them up. It was a lot of fun, honestly. I was like, like when I heard him, I was like, who is yelling? I thought it was like a random fan, and there you go. It was Harry. But uh, all right, guys, let's talk about the offense first. Uh, that's what we did yesterday, and I figured, hey, it's just what we can do. It keeps things pretty simple. And, uh, Will, I'm going to go over to you real quick. Uh, something that you noticed from the offense, maybe something that they did well throughout camp. Is there any one thing? 
Um, I think they did a really good job of spacing. So uh, you guys also hit on this a little bit uh, yesterday, but there was one uh, formation specifically where it was Brent Broniker who was split out uh, by himself to one side, and then you had a trip sponge formation to the other side. And Broniker, you know, I, I think he's a solid player, but he definitely isn't someone who's going to blow you off the ball with his route running or his speed. But even with that, they created so much space with the route running concepts and the formation that he was able to have plenty of space. He ran a simple in route, caught the ball, even though the defender had a really good read. Just all that spacing and uh, the the concepts just made him open. So that speaks a little bit as to how Nagy in this offense will make it easier on players to produce, let alone ones that we think will be real threats in the passing game. And also that will in turn help the running game as well with Jordan Howard. Um, I also really liked how much they stretched the flats. Uh, when you think about stretching the field, it's so often vertical threats. So Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel are definitely guys you think, you know, Robinson with the height advantage and then Gabriel with just the sheer speed. You think stretching the field uh, vertically, which is, of course. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The sexier version you want, you know, 60, 70 yard touchdowns. Those are, those are great to see, but also when you stretch it vertical and then uh, horizontally as well uh, out to the sidelines, I mean, the defense can only cover so much ground. So if they're bailing back to cover that vertical threat, well, then you're basically giving a free five to 10 yards every single completion in the flats. So they were moving a lot into the flats. Uh, We definitely got some good looks and footage of uh, some crossing motions and even guys just slipping out into the flats and out of the backfield and so on. And, And it led to really positive results and positive yardage. So those were two things that stood out to me. Steve, I know you're like a guy who gets a little geeky in terms of like, you know, formations where people are lining up and all of that. I'm curious your thoughts on how the Bears are utilizing their playmakers. What stood out to you? Uh, well, a couple of things. One, they, they I know you guys mentioned this, this yesterday, but they were using a lot of uh, three tight ends or two tight ends. And maybe they weren't even lining them up as tight ends. They were like split them out wide. And not just uh, Trey Burton split out wide, but Shaheen was split out wide. And Deion Sims was also split out wide. It's from time to time. From time, to time. Um, another thing I noticed... Um, We'll probably get into this later, but Anthony Miller was not getting a lot of time with the ones or twos. Um, he was getting some times with the twos, but I don't think he. I saw one snap with him with the ones, um, and that time was actually going to Javon Wims, which was interesting um, considering he's a seventh round pick and uh, Miller's a sec. Uh, sorry, yeah. Miller's a second round pick. Wims is a seventh round pick, so um, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, you and I were talking about it in the bleachers. Like Tariq Cohen, uh, when he's with the ones, he's primarily used as a receiver. He's not. Ra- he's That's rarely right. in the backfield. That's something I yeah. think Bears fans should definitely know. Uh, so let's go ahead and before we get into the player-by-player player specifics, Nick, I know if you've been pretty quiet over here. I haven't really handed it over to you. I've been hogging the mic, so I am going to pass it off. Uh, something that the offense struggled with today that kind of caught your eye? Yeah, struggled with. I would say um, a lot of the passes that were thrown, there were a lot in – Will mentioned it, it was to the flats, but that's also a de- uh, you know because of the coverage that was happening with those DBs. So these receivers are still getting having a little trouble getting open, and that's going to take time with Trubisky and the chemistry developing. But you definitely saw that with the seven on seven drills. Uh, a lot of those passes, whether it was with Trubisky or um, Chase Daniel, Tyler Bray, it was going into you know just as a checkdown. But um, the, that just takes time to get going. That chemistry. The precise route running again. The conditions were not good today. Receivers, players were slipping all over the field today, so that can also be why uh, the timing was off. But yeah, I think that um, again, it's only this, the first pad of practice, still very early in the season. Um, that I want to see, you know, just become improved because these these decisions need to be made fast. And Trubisky is still going through his progression, seeing who's open, so that needs to be improved moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, and if you don't know, it was definitely raining for the majority of practice. And if you can't tell by our voices, check out our videos over on Twitter. Uh, some good highlights, one about Kevin White. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but, yeah, let's just go into the 
position-by-position breakdown. Let's begin with the quarterback. Let's start with number one, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I thought, for the most part, he looked good. Not great. A few throws that he, throws that he missed. Um, but his accuracy wasn't as precise as maybe as most fans would want. Uh, a few missed throws, a few missed opportunities. Uh, but again, the defense, we'll talk about them in the second half of the show, really made life difficult for Trubisky and his, you know, his wide receivers out there. Uh, Will, I want to go over to you. Your thoughts on Trubisky, your first time seeing him this year? Uh, I'd have to agree with you. There's definitely been steps that have been taken forward. Uh, I'd say a lot of that is with the intangibles. He commands that offense. Uh, he's very confident on the field. I'd say his footwork has tightened up a lot more. So sometimes those, the accuracy might be a little bit off, like you were mentioning. But there was a lot more in his three-step drops that it was step, step, you know, back foot, balls coming out. And that's exactly what you want to see. I think he's cleaned up a lot of that. Um, so so for me, obviously, this is my first time seeing him this year, as you mentioned, progression from when I saw him in camp last year to seeing him in camp this year, obviously a tremendous jump. Uh, it's not the play that, uh, you know, people and fans in Chicago want to see exactly. It was a little sloppy. And I mean, that's conditions. That's receivers struggling to make their breaks on a really sloppy turf. But at the same time, I thought it was a little I, I think sloppy is probably a fair term. And it's also right considering, you know, how how torn up the field got as the day went on. Um, just a little sloppy overall. Like you mentioned, some things that just could be tightened up, some decisions that could have been made better. But overall, he's definitely trending in the right direction, especially from last year to this year. And you guys mentioned it in the in the last show. Defense will, rate, will rule the day, and that's also been my experience in training camps as well, uh, playing in college. Defense will rule the day for a little bit. Offense, once they could get, get their communication and kind of learn each other a little bit more, we'll start seeing a little bit more awesome communications and uh, awesome plays from them, in, in my estimation. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention, I got a few comments about it yesterday, a few more this morning as practice is unfolding. A lot of people are curious, you know, is Trubisky able to call audibles at the line? Is he checking plays? He's doing all of that. You know, there's plenty of times when he'll walk up to the line, you just hear, the, you know, the kill, kill, kill. And then, you know, he'll give a signal and they'll get passed along uh, to the receivers and uh, they adjust on the fly. So, yeah, Trubisky, day two, he is already audibling, already checking some plays. Uh, let's go over to Brandon. We haven't got to you yet. Your thoughts on Trubisky as a whole? Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up was – uh one of the first things I noticed today was when they were sending guys in motion pre-snap, I think it was one of the first couple plays that we were watching. He immediately was barking out different calls. And I went, that's something we haven't seen before. So it's good that he's uh, given that confidence to be able to change the play at the line. Uh, but other than that, you guys hit on everything that I've seen from him. I didn't spend a whole lot of time watching over him today because I wanted to, wanted to pay more attention to the trenches and the linebackers positions that haven't been as, as physical. So I'll add to Chase Daniel because he was the other quarterback. I had some, some big notes on. I think he struggled a little bit today. I mean, just conditions. The ball was wet. He wasn't throwing some very good pass. Oh no! Did we lose Brandon? We may have lost Brandon. The... Oh. oh, I think Brandon's oh. Oh. back. I am back. Okay. It it keeps raining on and off real hard. So I I had a feeling that that was. Yep. That was hey, it's just like practice, man. It's raining. We're we're gonna power through it. The Bears can practice through it. We can podcast through it. It's okay. Keep going. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Chase Daniel was the guy. Uh, there was some some pre snap confusion on the defense because they were sending different guys in motion. Uh, Craven LeBlanc and Deion Bush were really having a hard time trying to figure out who they were supposed to pick up. Uh, and as a result, Chase Daniel was over to was able to hit Colin Thompson over the middle with a nice over the shoulder grab. So he did have some highlights. It's not that Chase Daniel had a had a terrible day uh, because I mean the ball was wet. He was really struggling to get the ball, you know, down the field. Some just conditions today overall. But he was the only one that I those were the big notes that I had on him. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the pre snap motion because we talked about that a little bit yesterday, and I, it was worth highlighting again to me in my notes because uh, yesterday I, we mentioned we saw receivers go back and forth, uh, but today what I saw for the first time, at least in training camp, is say they would send Tariq Cohen from you know right to left, and he'd set for a second, and they got Taylor Gabriel going from right from left to right, going back to the opposite side, and when they're in motion too, it's not like the lollygag kind of jog motion, right? They're sprinting full speed because it could be a jet sweep, it could be an RPO. Defenses don't know exactly what's going to come out of that motion, and like you said. Said. Uh, there are a few instances where that would cause the defense, the Bears' starting defense, some fits today, uh, those pre-snap motions. And for a defense that's worked together for a couple of years now under Vic Fangio that understands this system, for it to only be day two in the offense to find ways to confuse them pre-snap, I think that's huge and it may pay off dividends as we get into the season that the offense can find ways to do that to uh, defenses when we get to live action. Uh, Steve, I'm going to go over to you. I'm just going to open up quarterbacks as a whole. Anything that you want to mention that we maybe haven't yet? Um, no, you guys put, hit on it pretty well, but uh, yeah, with Trubisky, he he was even when he was completing passes, you could tell he wasn't as pinpoint as he usually is. Um, he a few maybe a little bit behind, a little low. 
um, stuff like that. But I think he was mostly focusing on his footwork and going through his reads. He didn't always throw to his first read every time. In fact, I think most of the time he threw to his second or third read. I think that was intentional. So he's more working on that. I'm not worried about his accuracy overall. Um, and then Daniel and Bray. Uh, uh, Bray didn't really look that good. But Daniel, he, I thought he looked okay. I mean, he is what he is at this point. So um, not too concerned about him either. Sounds good to me. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Again, only day two, things are going to kind of unfold as we get through more of camp. Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you if you have any thoughts about quarterbacks. And if not, if you don't jump right into the running backs, feel free. You know what? Actually, we're going to backtrack here because you guys mentioned audibles. Remember all the uh, animals that we heard out there today? So do you guys, uh, Steve, I know you were here with us. Do you yeah. remember all the animals that they called? Yeah, Mustang, Zebra, Rhino, Tiger, I'm missing one. Yeah, I think that was all of them. Yeah, Yeah. you hear that constantly at practice, just a bunch of these animals. You're like, what's going on? And honestly, we we don't know it, but, I mean, it's got to have to do with some personnel who they want specifically on the field, what kind of play it is. But you constantly hear that. It's just, uh, I guess, a breath of – not even a breath of fresh air, but just it's different. It's different hearing all these different kind of concepts. But, yeah, I just want to mention that before we get into the running backs. But speaking of them, I think Howard, I think – Put it, put himself another good day with catching the ball. And that's always a big thing with Howard. We know he can run the ball. He's had two 1,000-yard seasons back-to-back, so can he catch the ball? And even with weather like this, he still consistently showed it that he's working on his hands. Um, he's off to the side catching balls, but he, he's showing it in these team drills, which is important. Um, but that was my big takeaway. And also, I mean, Will, I, I don't know if you want to mention Mizell because, I mean, he also was a big part of the offense too. Yeah, you know, Mizell, uh, he was primarily taking most of the second string snaps over Benny Cunningham. Like we said, when we saw Tariq Cohen today, it was primarily as a receiver with the first team offense. So when the number twos were out there, uh, you saw Mizell in the backfield. And when he was out there, he's being primarily used uh, in the screen game, uh, used as checkdowns, which again is a testament to the secondary today, playing pretty lights out for the most part. Uh, Steve, you're paying attention to Mizell. And I don't know, he was someone that you wrote about, oh, geez, maybe back in January, uh, February, yeah. as someone that you're looking at to be a dark horse contributor. What did you see from him? Well, he was really quick and explosive. Um, he, he caught everything that was thrown to him. I, I, he had a couple um, um, pass blocking reps that, that he read the hole right and then read the blitz right. So he looked pretty good to me. And he, right, he did get more reps than Benny Cunningham. Um, and even with the second team, when they had Cohen on the field, Cohen was still split out at wide receiver with Mizell in the backfield. So I thought he looked really good. I was really impressed. He's he's a guy I've liked for a long time, so I'm happy to see him get some get an opportunity at least. And, you know, for those fans wondering, like, what's Ryan Nall doing? Well, there's one play that definitely stood out today. Uh, you know, he had it, it was with the threes, and uh, he got the ball up the middle, and he went right through an arm tackle and, you know, trucked his way downfield for a big gain. Again, there wasn't live hitting today. The pads were on. They are wrapping up, but it wasn't a ton of, you know, live hitting, full-on tackling still today. Um, but, no, he saw some, you know, explosiveness, a little bit of speed. He's not going to be, uh, you know, he's not going to burn you with his speed whatsoever. But he showed, you know, a glimpse of something, and that's really, at this point, all we need to see. What about you, Will? Anything running back-wise we should mention? Um, I think for the most part, uh, I think and this was partly due to the to the field conditions as well. There wasn't a whole lot for the power running game, you know, between Howard and Nall. Like you mentioned, there was the one play that they got a pretty good hole um, for, for Nall to break through a, an arm tackle. But for the most part, I mean, I think Jordan Howard ran really well today, given the conditions. I just don't think there was a whole lot of room for him to maneuver. And like you mentioned, they weren't going full bore today which I'm curious, especially with uh, Coach Nagy talking about making this a physical camp. It's like, well, when do you start? Like day one of pads, it's like, okay, let's go. You know, that's when everyone's hyped and psyched to get ready to go. I understand not wanting to jump in headfirst at times, but especially when you're trying to uh, spark a new culture, that surprised me a little bit, I guess. I mean, and that's not to say that it's a bad approach or the wrong approach. It just surprised me a little bit, I guess. But I would say overall, between the power running game, I think, Howard's doing the right things, and so is Nall. You just, it's just, like you said, hard to exactly estimate where that's going to end up without live tackling. Exactly. And real quick, I, I'm on the opposite spectrum. I was okay with today not being you know, full-on uh, tackling, full-on contact, just because these guys haven't really, most of them have not had contact since you know December. So the body's not used to it. I'm okay with you know easing them in with a day or two. That way you don't go out there, uh, someone gets hit a little bit too hard, not expecting it. Like, let the body get used to absorbing contact again before you go out there and give it 100%. But let's go over to Brandon, and I want to go over to wide receivers real quick, unless you need to backtrack like Nick did. But uh, wide receivers, uh, any big takeaways that you would like to mention? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about – I think I'll just start the conversation with Kevin White uh, because he had that nice catch down down the left uh, sideline there. Uh, but he also had some some drops today. So don't let the one big play – he had the potential for more that he let that he let go. He had another nice double move on Prince Mukamara today. 
and Trubisky found him open, uh, and he just couldn't reel it in. It wasn't exactly placed very well, but he had his hands on it, so therefore, you know, you should be able to catch it. I mean, it was wet, it was rainy. He does kind of have a little bit more leeway there, uh, but that was that was the big name I really wanted to clear. But it was nice to see more Allen Robinson out there than yesterday, so they're starting to pick him in there a little bit more, and still seeing a lot of Josh Bellamy with the ones, which I think is still interesting. Yeah, interesting is uh, an interesting word for it. Uh, frustrating might be yes. another one I would use. But, no, yeah, Kevin White, big day. Like you said, he had a, a couple big catches along the sideline. Uh, the one that's on our Twitter right now that's going kind of crazy, almost 100,000 views already. Check it out if you want to see a, a big play from Kevin White. But, no, other than that, I believe I saw him gain a lot of separation, especially underneath today, which, you know, is a good sign for someone who's been dealing with injuries, hasn't been really putting a lot of, you know, action out there throughout his career. And, Steve, I want to go over to you. Uh, Kevin White uh, creating separation underneath, uh, getting in a couple of those long balls. He did have a few drops, but overall, was this, like, probably – uh, a day that maybe could propel him forward. Yeah, I think so. I think he needs to build off of this. He had an he had an okay day. He had that one long reception, like we said. But besides that, he he had some good time, good things, some bad things. So he's just got to take that, move, uh, learn from it, keep keep growing. And like you said, he's been injured a lot, so he hasn't really actually practiced that much. So so um, I think he can build off this, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, he's fooled us before, so hopefully he can he can actually do it. Yeah, I I definitely can get uh, I can agree with that, that we've been fooled by Kevin White a few times, you know, always seems to show up at training camp. And then we all know what happens afterwards. Let's go over to Will. You were much closer to the field than we were. We were kind of hanging out in the back bleachers to get an overview, but you're closer to the field. What were some of your observations from like the receiver group as a whole from that from that viewpoint? Well, I think I'm going to start off with uh, and the Kevin White discussion here is that there was some up and downs and we had this on our Twitter as well. But there was the beginning of practice. uh, Receivers were just doing some footwork drills, also getting the ball in their hands. And there was an occasion where it's it's a very common practice in football. You take three hard steps, you know, to finish a drill. You're, You're practicing, finishing through, practicing, being explosive. And Kevin White was finishing the drill with the wide receivers. Uh, He was the last one to go. He grabs it, takes one hard step, and lollygags the last two. And the coaches got on him. They were not okay with that. They had him redo the drill. And it's at the the disturbing thing for me with that is it's the beginning of practice. You're not tired, I hope. (laughs) Um, But it's just like those little things. It's like okay, you've been in the league for three years. You know, you things haven't gone exactly your way. You know, some bad breaks, no pun intended. But it's it's you, those aren't the things you want to see. You can't teach effort. You can't coach effort. That has to be something that's brought from within. So, you know, obviously we saw the physical abilities today. You know that the long catch and that I have uh, some other footage uh, as well that. That shows that White has the physical capabilities to be a real weapon on this offense, but part of it's going to have to come from within him, and I understand it's been a hard road to this point, but he will have to tighten those things up and move forward. As a whole, I you mentioned that the wide receivers uh, struggled to gain uh, separation today, and part of that definitely in team. Team, the defense dominated, especially mm-hmm. in the secondary. Um, and it's interesting because I think they worked really well as a unit because one-on-ones, wide receivers were having a field day, if you ask me especially from what I saw. Um, there was one occasion where Anthony Miller, I can't remember if it was Prince of Mukamara or Kyle Fuller, but a f- Miller won on the first step. Um, but then he put, and he just has a way of just uh, putting the moves on someone, and not only with the first step, getting them off balance, but then just basically humiliating them and breaking their ankles on the second part of, on the second part of his break, which is exactly what he did. He left whoever was covering him like flat on their face in the mud as he spins around and runs the, down the rest of the field for a touchdown. I mean, that, that really impressed me. And overall, I, I think the group is just really good with team speed I think you guys mentioned that a little bit yesterday. So overall, they look fast. Um, I think the separation will come a little bit, especially, like you said, we'll getting used to a bit more like slopping conditions, which is important because they play half their games at Soldier Field. Not exactly the nicest field. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about Javon Wims real quick. You know, he's someone who we saw a little bit more of today than we did the day before. And before we get into breaking him down, Steve, uh, how did you describe him when you first saw him? He has a good body, I think is what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what you said. But no, I understand what you mean. He he yeah. looks the part of an NFL wide receiver. He looks like he belongs out there. Nick, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it over to you. You know, He played a little bit with the ones today. Um, at times, he made some plays. He flashed. But at other times, uh, he seemed like he had a hard time grasping exactly what he was what was needed of him uh, in a certain play, a certain situation, which, again, uh, he's new to football. That's something that we've known since he's been drafted. And on top of that, it's only day three for them at practice. So what are you ta- what are, what's your take on Wims here after today? 
Yeah, you know, I like what I've seen so far from him. Um, I think he's further along than I would have thought um, him coming into this camp. And like you said, he hasn't played a lot of football. So it's good to see him, you know, game, being mixed in with the ones, being able to get that time with Trubisky right now and showing that he can, when there's an opportunity for a ball to be caught, he can he can make that happen. And again, he's still learning it. So I do like what I saw from him. Um, a guy that has been, I didn't see much of today, was like Taylor Gabriel, really. I mean, uh, honestly, there wasn't a lot of big plays for him. And, you know, Taylor Gabriel's a big play guy. So I saw that that was a little interesting. But, I mean, again, all these guys are getting different reps at different positions. So it, it's surprising. But then again, it isn't. No, exactly. No doubt. All right, guys, real quick. Any final thoughts on receivers? Anyone want to talk about Allen Robinson? He had a great catch along the sidelines today that, Will, I know you had a fantastic angle of. But any thoughts on Robinson? How is he looking? I know fans just want to hear an update. I'll take I'll take a little bit on this one. Uh, limited reps overall. They're definitely still trying to uh, trying to limit him. Make sure he's taking a uh, a slow progression back. Make sure he's not uh, skipping any steps. Making sure he's healthy. And especially with the uh, conditions today, that's that's definitely not some some way you want your you know your blue chip signing in free agency to go out is because you tried to rep him too much on a on a sloppy day. Um, but the reps that he's out there, he's showing exactly why he was a blue chip receiver and and why the he was so coveted in free agency and why it was such a big get for the Bears. There's just that explosiveness to him. And if you haven't seen the video, it's it's on our Twitter page. And that explosiveness is, is evident because he had normally when you think explosive as a tall receiver like Robinson, you're thinking exploding up for the ball. We had to explode horizontally to snag this one. And it was a great snag, and you, I loved how he changed his technique because normally you like to grab it with the hands, you know, the diamond, typical diamond. But he used his arms to help with a little bit because it was a sloppy condition with the ball. You know, it, it was it was definitely a change of technique that uh, he's definitely had experience with a little bit. And, you know, it does rain, in, does rain in Jacksonville quite a bit. So he's definitely got a little bit of experience with that. But I loved how he adjusted to that. And overall, just the explosiveness he brings to the table is something that the Bears uh, have not seen definitely since the healthy days of Alshon Jeffrey. Exactly, no doubt about it. So let's go over to tight end. Uh, just to note, Daniel Brown, he's still out for the second day with an ankle. Uh, ben Broniker, about halfway through practice, he left. Uh, they're looking at his right leg. doesn't seem to be serious, right? Stretching him out, and then he just kind of sat there with his helmet in his hand stretched his practice. Uh, so we'll look for an update on him as well. So for the three we should talk about, we have Trey Burton, Deion Sims, Adam Shaheen. I'll begin with Deion Sims, you know, because yesterday we didn't see a lot out of him, and we we're kind of like wondering, like, well, is Deion Sims actually going to show up? And today he was a little bit more active. I think at one point uh, he had two really good catches in a row right down the middle of the field, right through the seam, and it was on a – Trey Burton was in there as well. So you're having two tight ends. They had Burton in motion. Uh, faked the, uh, gave the, him the you know the RPO so they could have potentially handed it off to him. But Patrubisky pulled it back, and they found Sims in a wide open down the seam for you know a big gain. And on top of that, after he made the catch, he showed some ability to uh, make some moves, uh, ability to run after the catch, which, of course, uh, that's something that we haven't seen a lot out of Sims as we've been talking as him – being more of that primarily blocking right receiver, a big body, uh, I mean, well, tight end, and then a big body as a tight end, but not someone who can maybe move with the ball in his hands. But you showed a little bit of that today. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Anything tight end-wise we should mention? Yeah, I thought Trey Burton had a really nice play. They really showed his athleticism as far as being another uh, blue-chip free agent. Uh, he ran a, a short slant route that Trubisky hit him, and then before he could blink, he was on the other sideline. He just crosses the field that quickly. So he's a very, very good athlete, and he put it on display today. That was just the one highlight that I had from him, and I think – uh, it's not good that Daniel Brown and Ben Brownacker aren't there, but Adam Shaheen was getting a lot of reps today too, I noticed, which I think is definitely going to be good for him in this offense. Something we talked about, you know, he may potentially have a sophomore slump. He's kind of set up to have one, but I think getting a lot of reps today is going to help uh, help him avoid that. Yes, exactly. Let's go over to Steve. Uh, any tight end notes that you want to make sure to mention? Yeah, like you said, Deion Sims looked good. Um, I won't go into that more, but Adam Shaheen, looked, I thought, looked pretty good. Uh, he looked like he dropped some weight, which is what he needed to do. Um, so, um, and then, uh, Trey Burton, he was exactly as advertised, you know, he's too, he's too quick for linebackers, too big for, uh, for corners. So he thought he looked really good. And I need to mention Con Thompson cause he had a couple of good grabs as well. Um, he, he actually surprised me and with Daniel Brown out and Ben Boniker, he has a chance to maybe, uh, sneak as the fourth tight end. Yeah, exactly. I was actually, I just muted real quick. I was asking Nick, I was like, that was Colin Thompson who was also making a few catches, right? Nick's like, yes, you're right. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm glad you brought him up. But yeah, Colin Thompson, uh, you know, he's someone who is way down in the depth chart, but with two injuries at the position right now, uh, he was able to make the most of his opportunities. Uh, Nick, over to you, just tight end observations. Anything you want to mention? Uh, Adam Shaheen, I didn't see too much today. What about you? 
Well, the thing is, I want to mention with the tight end group, a lot of these guys, they're not just with, they practice with the ones. They also practice with the twos, the threes. So these tight ends, obviously a focal point in Nagy's system, are getting familiar with every quarterback on the on the roster. So I think that's uh, beneficial for, for the entire team, that offense specifically. But yeah, Adam Shaheen, um, you know, I mean, he was at, in a bunch of different positions, though. Uh, again, he was on the left side one play just blocking on the right side of the other. So it's kind of hard to keep track of all these guys, especially when there's rain coming down and you really don't want to be up in the stands, but we were there. But, yeah, no, the tight ends are getting a lot of work with a bunch of with all the quarterbacks, so that's good to see moving forward. What about you, Will? Any final thoughts on tight ends? I'm really glad Steve said something about Colin Thompson because the main concern that we all had is like, oh, geez, another wide tight end. I thought that the John Fox era was over. Like this is a, <laughs> this is a John Fox holdover that didn't come until the year after he got fired. But he really showed his ability to act as a receiver. I mean, I believe he had three or four receptions his senior year at Temple. Not exactly what you want to see. But I thought he really he really surprised me. He looked agile. He looked good at uh, maneuvering the middle of the field, getting open in the middle of the field, understanding some zone concepts, and also understanding how to get an angle on his man if it was man coverage. Um, really surprised me today. And as was mentioned before, you know, two injuries. You know, Daniel Brown has been solid, but he's never really solidified his place on this roster. Ben Broniker, obviously not solidified on this roster either. You know, often a practice squad person before he, you know, gets elevated after injuries take place later in the year. I mean, I did not see a scenario where Colin Thompson would be arguing for a place on this roster, but here we might have it right in front of us, especially if you stack some of these days together. Yeah, we'll see how long the injuries to Broniker and Brown keep him out. And if Thompson, you know, definitely takes advantage, I mean, it's wide open competition. They're going to take the best man available. And available might be the key word there when it comes to the tight ends. Let's go over to Brandon because it's time for the offensive line. And you told us earlier that's what you were focusing on. So it's your turn, Mr. Trenches. What do you got? Uh, so the starters look really, really solid. Uh, Cody Whitehair looked really good today. Uh, Eric Cush, he struggled against John Bullard a couple times, but in the 11-on-11, I mean, he didn't give up any sacks up the middle. Charles Leno looked good. I caught Bobby Massey uh, being flat-footed at one point in the positional drills. Uh, It was by – I think he got beat by Kylie Fitz, if I'm not mistaken, and Harry Heastan just immediately was, that's got to change. You know, something along those lines. And and it did on the next rep. He did did not get beat, and he made sure he wasn't going to get beat. Uh, and it was nice to see Kyle Long getting pads today. He had, he did have a scheduled day off yesterday, so it was nice to see nice to see that. Uh, but as far as guys who struggled, in my opinion, uh, one is definitely Hronis Grasu. Because uh, if you're going to practice like you're going to play, he's in there in the positional drills. And if the guy uh, isn't taking a rep in front of him, he's just kind of like half snapping the ball, not even really getting it out of his hands. That kind of concerns me because I was down looking at my phone tweeting something out when you were standing there next to me, Will, and he goes, you know, Grasu just kind of, rolled that snap back to whoever was back there for the play to get started so practice like you're going to play and he did not have a very good practice today he was getting beat by a lot of guys just didn't mentally look there so that that's going to be a concern for him and he was the the biggest i want to say loser i guess quote unquote whoa man harsh words but for uh, the day. yeah, I mean, with Grasso, I noticed that too. Like you said, like I mentioned to you, the uh, one time we just kind of like rolled it back there. It could have been a wet ball, just slip. You know, they're practicing their shotgun snaps during this drill. Uh, I, that's the only one I saw roll down like on the ground. But uh, I, I mean, Grasso, the one thing I do know, I did notice, and Steve and I were talking about it earlier in practice, is he's really good in space, getting out in front of those screens, becoming a lead blocker. And that's, again, having that athletic mold is something that the Bears want. Uh, not saying that he's the perfect fit because we all know that Grasso has his faults. But that still is an area that I think we should talk up a little bit. And on top of that, a couple more notes I have on the offensive line before I hand off to you guys. Uh, Jordan Morgan, during those individual drills, actually started to impress me a little bit. He was holding his own against Roy Robertson-Harris, and I did hear uh, Harry Heastan giving him a little bit of praise through those as well, saying, like, good job, Morgan, that's what we want to see out of you. So, you know, Jordan Morgan, someone who's kind of like the forgotten man. I mean, I had to double-check the number. It's like, who is 67? Oh, Jordan Morgan. And then, like, an hour later, it's like, who's 67 again? So, again, Jordan Morgan, someone who maybe who is uh, forgotten about, but maybe wants to preach season rolls around he won't be so much and then Rashad Coward you know he's transitioning from nose tackle all the way over to the offensive line and Steve pointed this out to me we saw him playing right tackle and as uh in team drills for the second team Steve uh did you see anything out of that did he look out of place did he look like he belonged um he was kind of hit or miss to be honest um he had a couple good reps and then he had a couple bad reps but like you said he played nose tackle years ago a year ago so you're not expecting perfection right now um 
if he i was pretty surprised that he was taking second team reps um i wouldn't be surprised if maybe they acquire a, a, another tackle somehow because i'm not sure if you want to go into the season with him as the swing tackle right. i know he probably won't be the swing tackle but um but i i saw some things that he could definitely build on um so maybe a practice squad stash or something like that but he he, he held his own for the most part Tad or Rashad Coward, too, I was watching him in the positional drills, and there were times where he was able to to man up and own the guy across from him, and it wasn't necessarily, you know, that he was bottom of roster type of players either. I mean, they were second stringers, but then there was a couple times where he's getting beat on spin moves because he's just not used to being on that side of the ball or being on that side of the receiving end of a spin move. So he's definitely got some things he's got to learn. It's all going to come with experience. Uh, Will, Nick, anything you want to mention about offensive line? Kyle Wong, how do you look? Anyone? You know, I just want to mention that the offensive line did look good in space. Uh, Bears ran a lot of screens, especially when they were just installing plays. And um, when they had the offensive line go out and block to get it, whether it was Jordan Howard getting the screen, Trey Burton on an inside screen, they were there and they were in their spots. So I did like how they did that. And, I mean, just again, right when practice started, I was talking to Steve. Harry Heastan, how he coaches is just, it pumps you up hearing him. You can hear him regardless of where you're on the practice field, but it is really, um, I guess, just good to see that he's such a passionate coach and he really wants his offensive linemen to be the best they can be. Yeah, exactly. All right, so guys, we're going to go ahead and talk about the defense. But first, I want you to know if you're watching uh, on YouTube or even listening to our podcast, if you haven't yet, Definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we're only like 60 away from our goal before the season, which, I mean, we have seven weeks as of today to reach this goal, but that's super obtainable. We should probably even reach that uh, within a week. It's definitely if you help us out. Uh, by subscribing, you get a bunch of awesome things like live updates to our shows. You'll get a push notification uh, every time that we go live, which is going to be extremely useful if you want to keep up to trend with training camp. And, of course, during the regular season, we do five shows a week. We have the live post-game show, so that way you never forget about a show. And, of course, if you're just sitting around at home and you get a notification, like, oh, cool, I get to watch a show. It's pretty neat. So, yeah, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. And, yeah, do that, please. All right, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by four of my Bears Brothers, by far the fullest house that we've ever had on this show. I have Nick, Brandon, Steve, and Will, and we're talking about the Bears' defense. And, Will, I'm going to go to you first because, you know, you're Mr. Defense. You play linebacker in college. Uh, top takeaway on defense is something you want to make sure Bears fans know from today. I alluded to it a little bit earlier with the secondary, but this this group really played like a unit today. Uh, I think in individual drills, uh, you know, if you you say, uh, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I thought that was the case today. I think in individual drills, you know, the defense, it was like they were good in some spots, but, you know, they got beaten in others. Like I mentioned, wide receiver one on ones with the DBs, I thought mostly went to the wide receivers way. Of course, one on ones tough for the DBs to win overall. That's an offensive uh, favorite drill. But still, I think when they got together as a group, the, they really clicked together. And that's that's very encouraging for me to see. I think that's very encouraging for all Bears fans to see, you know, especially with a unit that's been under Vic Banjo for a few years now. You're really looking for that unit to really gel as one. And I think we saw that today, uh, which really makes me excited. And that's exactly what you want. You don't want guys to succeed in one-on-one drills. You want them to succeed, to succeed in real situations, which is exactly what they did today. Uh, really encouraging day if you're uh, looking for the Bears defense to take another step forward. I'm going to go a little out of order here because you brought up a couple good points. I want to bring it over to you because you play linebacker, and right now we have three inside linebackers who are unable to practice. You have you know, Roquan Smith, he's still inside. Danny Trevathan, he's still out with a hamstring. And then, of course, Iggy, uh, he was out today with an ankle injury. Um, but yet, like you said, the defense is still on the same page. They're cohesive. They're playing as a unit. And they're doing that with uh, Nick Kwiatkowski and John Timu, primarily playing uh, inside linebacker for the first, second, and third string defense so they're gas number one Uh, but number two they're out there for the entirety of the practice but for them to go into the starting role and the defense to look this good this cohesive uh what would you expect when say Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are both out there to even take it up another level yeah I would absolutely expect that um when we went over our linebackers positional preview I kind of mentioned a lot how Trevathan can make people's jobs easier um, he can make everyone else's job on the defense easier just because of how well he fulfills his duties on the defense for a single play. And I think we saw how that works back to everyone else too. So maybe when your linebackers are a step. Hello. Did we lose Will? We lost Brandon earlier. I really, oh, sorry. You guys got me. Yeah. We got you. Internet for having so many people on. We're good. Continue. Right, uh, the last so, thing I heard was, uh, you know, having your guys back, et cetera, go. Okay, so uh, just to restate, um, 
when you have, I mentioned with Trevathan that uh, he makes everyone's job easier because of how well he fulfills his responsibilities, but uh, it, it works both ways. So everyone else on the defense overall uh, also helps, you know, when you have a subs in by fulfilling their responsibilities to the best of their, um, to the best of their talent. Then you also have that work for players like Timo when you have second and third stringers come in like that. So when you have Trevathan and a talented player like Roquan Smith come in, you expect uh, when people kind of make the play for someone else. So say the defensive line kind of creates a stoppage for, uh, for the running back. Well, instead of, you know, having that be hit the line of scrimmage or a two to three yard gain, well, you expect a Trevathan or a Roquan Smith to hit that in the backfield where it's getting stopped at for a two to three yard loss instead of just a no gain or two to three yard gain. So I think that's the step you're going to see progress when we have the more talented and uh, presumed first string guys uh, enter stage right. Okay, sounds good. And one more question for you, then I'm going to go around the horn for a few more observations. Uh, Nick Wachowski, someone you've been you know, notably harsh on. What's your take on his day? Because it wasn't a bad day overall. Definitely not a bad day overall. Um, you know, I don't think he's heard me, uh, but he definitely stepped it up today. <laughs> um, of course, the highlight's going to be that interception he had. Uh, very athletic, definitely, uh, definitely read the play well, and then the wherewithal to get up and continue to the end zone. It didn't stop short uh, and get tackled like a certain Marcus Cooper. But, uh, you know, you know we, all learn, we all learn our lessons one way or another. But uh, – Definitely a solid day for Nick Kwiatkowski, and he's definitely going to be someone who needs to fight every single day to keep himself in in the lineup. And also, he I mean, from his perspective, he's still he's still fighting for a starting spot because Roquan Smith's not at practice right now. So as far as you're concerned, that's your starting job to lose. So definitely a solid day out of him. Is it going to give him the starting job over Roquan Smith? I don't think so, but definitely something to at least give Vic Fangio and the rest of the staff pause. So hats off to Nick Kwiatkowski. He surprised me today. There we go. Again, I just wanted to hear you praise him because I don't think I was ever going to see the day. And again, strong day at camp for him. Uh, you talked about the interception. He showed a great athletic ability uh, to get out there into the open space. And on top of that, he read the play beautifully. He was reading Trubisky's eyes. He got in the, right, in the perfect position, knocked the ball up straight in the air. And if he wasn't coming down with it, Akeem Hicks was right there to do the same exact thing. So either way, that was going to be a turnover for the Bears' defense. And B, I want to go over to you. I just talked about Akeem Hicks. Uh, defensive line is another position that you kind of keyed in on today. Uh, what are some of your takeaways? Yeah, Akeem Hicks looked very good today. Uh, Eddie Goldman did a very good job of making sure that Hironis Grasso was not going to keep his hands on him. That was something that Grasso also uh, was getting yelled at for uh, by one of the assistants. What I thought was interesting he goes, we've got to continue to work on that. Got to keep your hands on him. Uh, so Eddie Goldman, very good uh, hand technique today. Um, I think Roy Robertson-Harris and John Bullard are going to be very interesting as far as who wins this end battle. Uh, opposite of Akeem Hicks because Roy Robertson-Harris, I think I had him down for a couple sacks if they're allowed to hit the quarterback. There was one that definitely got whistled, uh, but I think there was one other one. Yeah, there was one other one that if they were had the mentality to go hit their quarterback, which I hope they're not going to go out there and intentionally go hit Trubisky, uh, but I think if they were allowed to, if it was someone else out there, he would have gotten another sack. So I think he would have had two on the day. Uh, but then John Bullard looks very good in the individual uh, one-on-one positional drills. Uh, he had a very good bull rush. Uh, Eric Kush just could not contain him at all today, and you could tell that he was visibly visibly frustrated about that. I mean, he was just explosive, uh, won the point of attack. Uh, so I thought that uh, John Bullard and Roy Robinson Harris both showed some some very positive things. Uh, just need to be able to put it together on the field, and Harrison did on the field. Bullard in the positional uh, one-on-one drills. What about you, Steve? Any other takeaways from the defensive line that Bears fans should know about from today's practice? Um, I just want to kind of reiterate what Brandon said. I thought uh, Jonathan Bullard and Roy Rabbits and Harris both looked really good. So that's going to be a tough battle. But uh, I did uh, I did like what I see a little bit from Bilal Nichols. Um, he he didn't get a lot of reps with the um, second team. He got a couple, but mostly was with the third team. Uh, but he, he even against the third team, he looked pretty good. So I'm excited. He was pushing the pocket. And I'm excited to see him grow off of that. All right, I'm going to hand over to Nick for the outside linebackers because, you know, you have Leonard Floyd, Sam Macho, Isaiah Irving, and, of course, Kylie Fitz. And I think at one point or another, all four of these outside linebackers uh, showed glimpses of doing something really, really well. And so, Nick, I'm going to hand over to you to uh, share your observations. Yeah, so uh, Leonard Floyd, I, I remember it was an inside run to Jordan Howard. They were doing the team drills, but Leonard Floyd, and it was a combination of Akeem Hicks as well, but Floyd contained outside, got into the backfield, and that play was blown up immediately. And that's what you want to see from Floyd because he has such a big responsibility in this defense and being the guy to uh, opposite of Akeem Hicks or 
with Akeem Hicks to go get the quarterback. But, yeah, he did a, a really good job on that play. And then Sam Macho, a guy that, you know, we thought was just primarily going to be a backup for the Bears uh, maybe just two years ago or even a year ago, is now that starter now, and he looks like it. He's starting to get those reps, and you can trust him out there. He's very fundamentally sound, knows his assignments. So let's go between those two guys. Um, Like you said, you saw Fitz a little bit more than maybe I did. I didn't see exactly um, – too many plays with him, but Floyd and uh, Acho, I mean, not the ideal pair because you would maybe want to see an upgrade from Acho, but he's doing his job right now. Yeah, again, Aaron Lynch, where are you? Can you find your way onto the field, please? Anyone? Anyone? Well, well, hopefully he'll find his way out there soon, but again, that's been his, the story of his career, just not being able to be available. Again, availability is one of the most important factors of being an impact player in the NFL, or a starter in the NFL for that matter, and right now Aaron Lynch, uh, ever since he came here in Chicago, has been dealing with injury after injury. Small little ones, but they're adding up for him not really being able to be out there, missing valuable time here at training camp, so hopefully that changes here soon, but yeah, Acho, again, sound in coverage, not something that you know you're going to get from him. Isaiah Irving, uh, just like Floyd, he had a disruptive play in backfield which I believe is like his highlight and then uh, Kylie Fitz I thought he showed some decent speed off the edge at one point he did get a sack on Daniels in uh, Daniel in team drills and yeah so you know nothing super over like flashy but he got into the backfield was going to be able to make that sack the play was blown dead uh, so Fitz for someone who uh, people are still wondering what we're going to get out of him uh, because there were people uh, who were wondering you know about his past his injuries he seems healthy he seems ready to roll and I think Brandon said he has a point he wants to make yeah on Isaiah Irving I think if he can really focus on the rest of camp on winning the point of attack he's going to be able to develop into a much uh much better pass rusher because there are times in the 11 on 11 where you mentioned the one play that he had but a lot of times he just gets stuck right away Uh, and I find in the positional drills because he was working right in front of me for 90 percent of that drill uh when he won the point of attack he was able to get around his offensive lineman uh with a variety of moves pretty quickly uh, so really, if he can just land that initial punch and win that point of attack and somehow disrupt the offensive lineman, get him away from what he wants to do, he's going to be able to become a much better uh, pass rusher. Will, over to you. Uh, say Aaron Lynch still deals with these injuries and we're stuck with this current group of outside linebackers. How worried are you heading into the season? Because it's extremely thin right now. Uh, I'm extremely worried for the fact that if anyone else gets injured, you're rotating three guys for a whole game, which uh, Fangio has shown in the past that he isn't a huge person to rotate guys, but that's still a huge problem if you only have three people. And four isn't ideal either. I mean, I would definitely be extremely concerned. I mean, we're not even talking talent aspect. We're just talking bodies aspect almost. And, And the mileage that gets racked up on those guys because you know, as an outside linebacker in the 3-4 defense, you have to be explosive. I mean, you are there to create the explosive plays. You are there to snag interceptions uh, because you're faking them out of a pass rush and you're surprising quarterbacks that way. That's a bit more scheme, but you're supposed to be able to get out there and make that interception. You're supposed to be able on third down to pin your ears back and get the sack on a pass rush. I mean, those are, you know, you know, fast twitch muscles. Those are things that you have to be extremely focused and dialed in on. And the more and more wear and tear you get on your body, the the more and more you're not able to make those plays with consistency. So I would be extremely concerned, even for the fact of Lynch being a body at some point, a reliable body, kind of like how we just talked about Acho. If he could even be an Acho-like player, that would be huge for the Bears just for the fact that they have someone else. Yep. No doubt. And I want to say uh, Fitz, uh, I was looking at, like, you know, player comparisons. He has the exact, like, build as a Sam Macho. If you're looking at, like, how he would look out there on defense, if you're wondering, that's kind of like where I see him. Obviously a different kind of player, but, like, size-wise, uh, that's exactly kind of what he looks like. All right, guys, we talked about the defensive line. We talked about the outside linebackers. We kind of started off with the inside backers with Will. So let's just go right to the secondary, which, again, was kind of like the stars of the show out there for the Bears, especially in team drills, making life pretty difficult for the receivers, forcing Trubisky to check down probably more often than he would like. And, uh, Steve, I'm going to go over to you first, and let's begin with corners. Uh, who stood out and why, for good or bad? Your choice. Um, well, I got I got two. One uh, is fairly obvious, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller looked amazing. I'm, I'm really happy that he got his contract and he didn't come in and lazy you know he you could tell he was still working um he's got that confidence if he can duplicate the year he had last year maybe with a few more picks we got a a true shutdown corner on our hands so um so i was happy to see that and then the other one and i think everyone probably knows where i'm going here is marcus cooper i don't think he looked (laughs) very good at all (laughs) um he had a couple that i think he could have been easily called for pass interference if they were really policing it more um but he did he looked lost at times so yeah I, i don't think he's making this team 
right. at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's obviously that's all that we're hoping for right now uh, when it comes to Marcus Cooper is that we can find an upgrade. I think we do have one in someone named Kevin Tolliver. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he's been the star. He had a few interceptions in the first couple of practices, but today uh, he did get one of his legs looked at. He didn't return. Again, doesn't seem overly serious. Uh, Will, you just said he had some ice around his leg and he was just standing on the sidelines. Yeah, he seemed he wasn't walking gingerly or anything like that. I bet you he just felt something tweak or pull. And I mean, he's a guy who's going to be fighting for a roster spot or if anything, show that he's uh, he's a prime candidate to be on the practice squad and that he really has something to give to this team. So, you know, why kind of like the same thing with Robinson, like why risk it on a practice that, you know, with the conditions could very well make a small footwork mistake catastrophic. So yeah, definitely not nothing to be worried about with Tolliver in my eyes. I'd be, I'd honestly be surprised if he wasn't practicing tomorrow, but of course, of course we don't have any, you know, doctor's notes on that, but just based on the way that he was walking around, I'm confident, especially with the way that he seems to approach the game. I expect him to be out there tomorrow. Well, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. So I'll put that in my notes of something to definitely like take note of. Like if, as soon as practice begins, like is he out there? Is he not? So good call there. Nick, I'm going to hand over to you. You were paying attention to team drills seven on seven primarily today. Uh, in terms of the cornerbacks, uh, who stood out? I know Fuller had a few big plays. Amukamara looked pretty sound. Uh, anyone else you want to mention? No, I will mention uh, Amukamara. There's times where he does look really good and he's just, you know, sticky on his person like John Fox used to call him uh, last season. But then there are times where, like I think Brandon mentioned, if there's a double move, Kevin White gets open, he just drops the ball. That also happened in yesterday's practice as well. So Amukamara, I think, you know, overall last season, yes, he was mostly consistent, but we want to see him not get beat on those, you know, those big plays because that would have ended up being a touchdown had Kevin White have caught that ball. That's seven points on the board. That seven points the Bears are down. So Mukamura, yes, he's good at times, but I want to see him become even more consistent because he is that starting number two cornerback. And Will, you have another point you want to make about Prince? Yeah, um, on my uh, right next to my sideline, uh, he took uh, he took uh, Michael Joseph aside. So uh, Michael Joseph, D three guy out of Dubuque, really good story. Um, but he took him aside and was coaching up on the sideline uh, with uh, moves uh, to, you know, stifle wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. It was just really cool to see that this is really turning into a fraternity of guys um, really willing to help each other out. You know, it's it's not like uh, it's not like Joseph is going to be challenging Amukamara for a spot specifically, but it's good to see that these guys are all trying to help each other out, make each other better players. Uh, and it was really good to see because he went over it with the 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 drill and the uh, the handwork that they were going through. He went over it multiple times with him. And it was really cool to see that uh, that Amukamara wasn't satisfied with uh, teaching him until he knew that Joseph understood exactly what he wanted to teach him, which I thought was I thought that was worth mentioning. Oh, definitely. Good call there. That's something on the sidelines that, you know, fans are more looking for, like, what's happening on the field. But sometimes those small things off the field, that leadership aspect that, you know, a lot of fans don't get insight on. So when you can bring that up, that's definitely – Good stuff, Will. I will mention Fuller. You guys already kind of talked about him. He had that forced fumble today, you know, with that peanut punch, which I was on Kevin White. So, yes, Kevin White had a few big plays, a few drops. Also had that fumble. It was wet conditions, but still no excuse for someone who's, hey, he's been in the league for so long, but even at this level, you shouldn't be fumbling the football. But, um, yeah, I just want to reiterate the fact that something I mentioned yesterday, he just looks so aggressive out there. When Kyle Fuller is playing, he's playing aggressively, and it really reminds me of what we saw early on as his rookie season. So if he's going to be playing like that this season, uh, expect good things. I think he knew uh, teams kind of you know picked on him a little bit last year and didn't like respect him, and he's going to go out there. I think he's going to try to earn that respect this year. Like, Don't throw my way because I'm going to make sure I can make a play on the ball. At least that's the feeling I'm getting from Kyle Fuller watching him. Uh, Craven LeBlanc, he had a big play today. He had a diving interception. Chase Daniel was the quarterback on that one, but one of those plays that you I, – I called it out of the corner of my eye. I was watching the offensive line, and then you just see a, a flying body in the air. He comes out with the ball. That was a lot of fun to see. Um, Bryce Callahan, I thought he had a decent day overall. The few times he kind of got beat, especially in one-on-one drills. But again, overall, another solid day. I think we know what we're getting out of Bryce at this point. Um, but guys, let's move over to safeties. Any notes on uh, Adrian Amos or Eddie Jackson? Because I don't have much, um, which is a good thing when you're playing safety. Anyone? You know, I mean, again, there wasn't much there, but the thing is with camp, you don't want these safeties to just lay out the receivers because these safeties are in position. Had these receivers been uh, maybe 
on the opposite team, they would have been laid out. So they're in the right position. So it's not like because we don't have notes or they're not making flashy plays. That's not a bad thing uh, necessarily. It's just they're in the right spot. And had this been, you know, full on tackle, I don't know if some of these receivers would have caught the ball after, you know, the catch because they're right in position to make a play. But yeah, I mean, they they had a solid day in coverage. Um, again, didn't have those flashy plays, but they they are they know their assignments and Amos and Jackson. Again, building up that chemistry, so just building it from one year to the other. Anybody else have anything on Adrian Amos or Eddie Jackson before we move on? Nick took the words out of my mouth. Didn't, didn't see really any major lapses out of him, but didn't see any highlights either, so that's that's a good sign. No doubt. All right, uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, Dion Bush. Uh, he had a few nice plays in coverage today. There's at least a few balls that he got his hands on to get a few pass breakups. Um, one in particular that comes to mind, I forgot who was guarding, but uh, he was kind of beat on the route, and then he was able to recover quite nicely and you know, get in that position to get uh, his hand right into the breadbasket receiver, uh, knock the ball out. I know that got a lot of praise from his staff, his fellow players as well. And DeAndre Houston Carson, today he was getting some decent uh, second string reps. Uh, yesterday that was the you know uh, DeAndre Hall, so DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, was out there today. And if I said DeAndre Bush, I'm sorry, it's Dion Bush. I'm getting a little tired, a little sleep deprived. So obviously uh, sometimes names slip. And when you have three safeties and they all have the first names that start D and two of them are DeAndre, uh, chances are good that you're going to at least slip on one of them. But guys, uh, real quick, go around the horn. Final thoughts on defense uh, and practice as a whole because we're just going to wrap it up. It's been a little long. Let's go to Brandon first. Yeah, I thought, again, defense won the day, but that's not anything to be said, you know, against the offense. The offense is still learning, trying to figure out kind of bad conditions. Tough to, tough for guys to be able to hold on to the ball, uh, but they are improving. And I, like we, Will and I talked about uh, earlier with the pre-snap confusion when Chase Daniel was there as quarterback and had the nice pass to Colin Thompson. I mean, as long as this defense has been playing together and they're getting confused, that's a really good sign for the offense that they're going to be able to uh, confuse other defenses as well as our gels together. Secondary, I think, again, just really won the day for the whole defense. And I want to add something about uh, DeAndre Hall. Uh, to start the day when they were going to the, the positional drills after warm-ups, he was the first one out there leading the squad out there, trying to get him hyped up, getting him ready to go. I thought that was really interesting. And then to see him not necessarily get reps with the twos kind of struck me as he must have done something yesterday to drop him down. So he's trying to earn it back today. So just kind of a, a note that I had. All right. What about you, Steve? Any final thoughts about practice? Um, yeah, just kind of reiterate what Brandon said. The defense, I think, won the day, but I think there was good stuff all around. I don't think you could say really anything was a glaring weakness. Uh, but yeah, just the just the confidence the secondary is playing with. It's great to see. Even when when someone makes a play on the ball, the three other three or four other guys in the secondaries are are congratulating them and 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 clapping for them. So it's it's really nice to see. And now that entering now, what are we in four years of Vic Fangio? Three years? Yeah, four years? Four. Um, I think uh, we can really take the next step in our in our defense with lead, leading our with our secondary. Hey, that's exactly what uh, I think. That's the next step that we need to take on defense. So I like that. I'm going to hand it over to Nick here for his final thoughts. So is this just a defense or overall in practice? Overall practice. practice, you know, I really like the mentality that this uh, team plays with. Again, the conditions were not ideal uh, for us sitting and watching or standing and watching. It was pretty uncomfortable. But as soon as the rain started coming down, it's like this team like ramped everything up and just practice just kept on going there's so many things like will said earlier um it just seemed like they crammed so much into this practice and despite the weather being bad they still went out and did that so um you know i like the mentality they're taking and make taking each rep and you know learning from it and like will also mentioned you know that sideline work off the field we saw that yesterday too in practice so they're taking it day each day they're trying to get better so um the mentality that Negi is instilling into this team it's good and it's going to hopefully just carry on throughout camp and will i didn't forget about you over there bud uh by the way it was great meeting you and steve today for the first time ever but will your final thoughts about practice Uh, i'll wrap it up in a nice uh, short little phrase here the bears have not arrived yet but they're making solid and quick progress I like it. Short, sweet, to the point. All right, good stuff, guys. Well, I'll see you tomorrow morning, so you definitely get some rest. Uh, my final thoughts about practice uh, is everything I would expect from the Bears' first pad of practice, uh, You know, easing into things, not going too crazy, especially with the weather today and players slipping, the footing not being ideal. I think it was wise for the Bears not to go uh, like uh, other will. I'm going to call you other will now. Uh, said, you know, full bore. Uh, that one might not have been wise. We're trying to kind of get over the past uh, injury issues that we've had here in Chicago over the years. So making small but yet smart decisions that are for the betterment of the team are definitely uh, something that we should 
strive for, and I think today was one of those. Um, but no, I think everyone said it right. You know, quarterback uh, Trubisky, uh, he looked good, not great. His accuracy can definitely be improved, um, but his leadership's there. Um, on offense, you're seeing uh, small strides being made. Uh, the schemes are confusing to defense sometimes, but overall, the defense is still winning the day. Um, but I give it a week, give it two weeks, and see what this offense can do, build some chemistry, uh, get their footing just a little bit more, uh, understand this offense uh, ins and outs. And right now, it's still just basic scheme, basic stuff that they're working on uh, when things get a little bit more crazy. Which, by the way, if this is the basic stuff that they're working on, it's still light years ahead with the offense that they were running last year. It's hard to keep up with who's in, who's where, who's lining up on what position, uh, how many tight ends are out there, where's Tariq Cohen hiding in this play. Uh, so, yeah, even though it's still basic stuff, I want to let Bears fans know it's still light and day, diff- night and day. I keep doing that one, light and day. Night and day difference compared to what it was uh, a year ago under John Fox and uh, he who shall not be named on this podcast ever again. Uh, so, yeah, that's really my final thoughts. I'm excited to get there tomorrow, next day in pads. Uh, it's going to be me. Uh, Will, you're going to be there for uh, actually being credentialed part of your uh, internship. So I'll probably be flying solo on the podcast tomorrow. So I don't think I'll be talking for what, about an hour, which is what we've done right now. But I'll do my best to give you the insight that you definitely uh, have learned to you know, come from us. And uh, before I sign off, as much you know, if you like our show, uh, appreciate the fact that we've been driving, uh, what, probably between all, all of us, eight plus hours today in the car. Leave a review of our show on iTunes just to let us know uh, that you appreciate what we're doing. We're over like 215 reviews right now. And if we can get to 250 before the start of the season, that would be fantastic. I know there's plenty more of you out there who can still leave a review. And of course, for those 216, 216 plus who have, uh, you know, either years ago or just a week ago, we appreciate you taking the time to leave you your feedback about our podcast. But again, yeah, Bears pads are on. Tomorrow we'll take the next step. I'm excited to see where that comes. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.